Hey mama, my name's Diana Ballard and welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. Prior to becoming a mom, I realized that if I wanted to continue living a life of passion, adventure, and fulfillment, I needed to learn from people who lived that way while having a family. In 2012, I started interviewing any mom that would talk to me. After hundreds of interviews, I found a pattern that the moms who struggled less all had similar foundational skill sets, mindsets, and habits. I started Mom Training, our live workshops, and the Mom Training podcast to continue my research process in a way that included other moms and families. My goal is to help other moms increase their joy, love, and fulfillment by creating an environment where we can learn and thrive together. Come learn the skill sets and strategies for a happy home, peaceful relationships, inspiration to be your best self, and more than enough time to do what you love while enjoying your family. Welcome to the Mom Training Community, where we learn, cry, and laugh together as we navigate motherhood. I'm Diana, and I'm so happy that you're here with me. Hey, ladies, welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about some core values to get on a strong family path. Today, we are going to talk to Mel and Joe Hashi. They are from Colorado Springs. They have three boys. And they have been married for 16 years. They have started the Strong Family Project to help families raise confident, independent, and resilient children in a strong family environment. So we're going to talk today about some of the ways that they think, some of the things they believe, some of the values that they have, and also kind of tap into some of the routines, the rhythms, and the things that they do in their family to make their family a strong family unit. So Mel and Joe, welcome to the podcast today. Well, Thanks so thank much, you for, for, having so much us for having us. Yeah. So why don't you guys tell us a little bit more about you and your passion behind what you're doing? Sure. So my name is Mel and my history is in social work. So I worked with various kinds of families in abusive situations for five years as a social worker, which really set me up with a lot of the mindsets I have now as a mom and just made me a better parent to have that past experience working with kids and families. And then once I stayed home after I had my second son, um, I started to support my husband and his company doing the bookkeeping. And eventually I thought something will come along where we can really be do something passionate together. Um, and, and we figured out this path and now we want to share it with families and we call it the strong family path. And we just, right now we just have, this is like a passion project for us, where we're trying to reach people and hopefully make an impact. I well love said, that. Mel. Yeah. I'm Joe. And I was a former teacher coach from youth sports up to high school sports. And we started a small company in our garage that took off in the fitness space. And we ended up opening a bunch of personal training studios and working with kids and families on their fitness and making time for themselves and self-care and uh, everything was going well until well, 2020 happened. And we're in an industry that closed down a lot. We, we wanted to revisit how we were living and make sure that it was aligned with our values. And we uh, decided to take a big leap of faith, found a spot 2000 miles away where we knew no one moved across the country, bought a little cabin on the side of a mountain and focus on our family because a Speaking from a deficit, I had focused too much on building the company and I put so much time into that organization. I wasn't spending as much time on the most important organization in my life, which is our, our family. And so it was time to hit the reset button and kind of rediscover the value of family versus just the value of solid finances. I love that. Well, and I think you brought up a really good point about a family being an organization 
it, it really is a place where, you know, everyone's working together, everyone's growing, you're building something. And I think, I think we all need to focus on that on a daily basis, because the things that we're creating in that organization in our home is going to make massive results outside of the home in whatever direction we kind of help channel it in. Right. So I used to uh, take that for granted. I completely yeah. agree that when we started a family, we didn't think about it as we just assumed it was like something that would happen like organically. It would just kind of develop and work. But then we look at the high functioning organizations we look up to, whether it's a orchestra or a sports team or a business, and they all have a plan and it works for them and they keep everyone elevated and they build a culture. And we just weren't doing that well enough with our family at the beginning. Mm. Okay. Let's dive into that. Why don't you teach us a little bit about what you're doing to build that culture and the values that you have in your home? Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. So we feel like the foundation for any strong family is to have core values. And it has to be something that's not ambiguous. So of course, you know, if you ask somebody, what kind of family do you want to have? I want to have a great family. <laughs> or, you know, we want to have fun. And it's almost not specific enough. So, you know, Joe mentioned several years ago, he's like, you know what, businesses have core values, they're written down, they're on a wall somewhere. And, and the, the company tends to filter all its decision-making through these values. So we decided to go through this what interesting process to come up with our core values. Our goal was four to six values. So not too many where we want to be able to remember them. We want the kids to be able to remember them and not have it be overwhelming. We made a list of anything that we thought was valuable in our lives. And that could be reading. It could be faith. It could be music, food, anything at all. And we individually made an exhaustive list came together and did this technique called, remind me what it is. Uh, kill keeper combined. Kill keeper combined, <laughs> right. So you go through the list and you kind of figure out what can we just cross off? What can we just kill? That just isn't that important. And then you can keep the ones that you keep are the ones that are like really standing out as super important. You're not willing to get them off the list or combine because a lot of times you'll have similarities. And through like really deep conversations over time, we brought it down to six. And would you like me to share what ours are? Yeah, I'd love to hear it. You know, every family is unique. So of course you wouldn't necessarily have to copy ours, but here's what we came up with. The first one is be genuine. It's really important in our family that each individual person is their true self. Um, the next one is be have gratitude. So we really want to have a mindset in our home of thankfulness for what we have, for being together. And every night at dinner, we actually share something from the day that we're thankful for. And our five-year-old gets to choose who goes first. And it's really a fun little activity. And then uh, be adventurous. So we're just, one part of the reason we moved to Colorado Springs was because there's lots of adventure here. There's mountains. We have a hiking trail right behind the house. So that it helped us, that decision to move was really a lot of it was based on the be adventurous value that we have. So what I caught three, right? The next one, um, Oh, personal. No, my favorite one. I'll talk about my favorite one, which is wanting to be together. So we want our kids to, well, all five of us, we want to be able to want to spend time together, even when we don't have to. So when they're grown and they're on their own, we will, we want them to still have a connection and want to be together. And an example I love to give is I like to do puzzles. So sometimes as a mom, I'd be like, well, I want some time to myself. I'm just going to go work on my puzzle. But then over the next 10 minutes or so, each kid will individually kind of creep into where I am. And I could selfishly say, I just want to be by myself right now. But then I realized they're really embodying that value 
of wanting to be together. And it ends up being super fun. They'll pull out Twister and they'll play on the ground while I'm puzzling or whatever. Um, but just having that value, it starts to just filter into everything that we're doing. You want to cover the next ones? What you get? Accountability, personal growth. Those are the two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, accountability. So as you're probably familiar, there's some inner sibling rivalry sometimes, or things don't always go as planned. And we always want to work towards a solution or a consequence that's associated to our core values. And so when something goes wrong, say, let's be accountable and let's make it right. And so we use that language regularly to kind of nip a lot of those things in the bud. So they're not a bigger issue. And then personal growth and development. We want all the kids to be genuine, like Mel said, and go on whatever path they want. The caveat is you have to work on that path. It doesn't just happen. You have to have some personal growth and development and adopt a growth mindset about things and continue to improve yourself. That's amazing. Well, one thing that I want to point out here that I see is, I guarantee that you guys have a higher level of confidence in your parenting and running your household because of these values. Would you say that's true? Yeah, I think yes. it creates a common language in the household, which just takes down the stress because you're able to filter, like Mel said, you, you filter your decisions to the core values a lot. So you're not thinking of every decision as if it's a new thing. And that can stress people out when you're like, should we go do this? Should we move here? Like it's all new and unique unless you have something to anchor your, yourself to it can be very overwhelming. And like Mel said, it doesn't have to be our core values. Just the fact that you choose things that you are willing to stand for as a family that are important to you is, is the intentional piece of it. And it, we see the confidence growing in the kids. So during our family meeting, we started out by going around, everyone has to share something that they chose to do that week that embodied one of the values. So the kids are already just thinking about it. I think they're making choices based on the values, whether they realize it or not. And then when we come together and we talk about it, they really see. And I think one of my one of my sons was um, started middle school this year, and he was trying to make some friends. And I'm like, well, how are you figuring out to who to hang out with? He's like, well, I think about our values. And I'm like, you know, because sometimes as a mom, you don't necessarily see the results of your effort right away. <laughs> it's like a long term thing. So when my kid came to me and said that, that he actually is using our values to make decisions about people he's spending time with, that was that was just a really, really great moment where we feel like we are going in a direction that's helpful. Wow. Well, and I think a lot of parents struggle today with anxiety and with stress about if they feel like they're being a good parent. And I really do believe that's because they haven't decided what their core values are. Maybe they have them, right? You know, like it took me years to realize like how important family was to me, like that family connection, you know, but years and years of like looking back on my life and how I dedicated myself to my family and I, you know, did all these things and why, why I made all these decisions towards this path and everything. It, you know, now realizing family is insanely important to me and I'm, I want to protect that and I want that connection, right? Then it does motivate you to make your choices and the things that you do, the direction that you take your family in, in, in a different way than if you didn't realize that you had those values. So I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, uh, you know, you, you brought up resilient, okay. Like children being resilient, but I'm sure you as parents are also more resilient too, when you have your values, cause you're a team. So tell me a little bit about how your values help everyone in the household be resilient. 
Well, I think part of what the values have created in our family is a, a family culture that allows everybody to feel like they're a, they're a valued part of the team. So I think that's a big piece of resiliency is that whatever happens out in the world, something at school might happen that's negative, they know they can come home to this well-structured strategic home where they are valued. And I think that creates that resiliency within them where they know they can kind of touch home base and refill the, refill up themselves based on our culture at home. The big resiliency killers are confusion or feelings of embarrassment in children. And that comes from having undefined life and not sure, like you said, that things are are good. Like we want to be good. Uh, but what does that look like? If we say vaguely good, then it's up for interpretation. And to put a lot of parents' minds at ease, because we had to discover this as well. It's not like good parent, bad parent. It's like, oh, tons of different paths lead to good. But you just have to decide for yourself what's a fit and then go down it. Just be decisive. It could be accountability, it could be gratitude. The core values themselves aren't as critical as you making a decision for your family and giving kids a peace of mind so that they have the opportunity to be resilient and build their self-confidence. And we also realize that if if we don't set the values in our home, then the kids are going to find their values elsewhere. You know, they're going to be able to go out there and hear different things. So when my middle schooler, like I mentioned earlier, he goes to school, we have given him this filter through our family values versus just hoping he makes a good decision. So if you don't establish the values at home, your kids will establish their own and you might like some of them and you might not like others. So we like to have that, I don't want to call it control, but a strong foundation. Yeah, definitely. I remember hearing something of like that you're growing your kids in a greenhouse and giving them opportunities to grow. It's not necessarily control, but you are creating a safe environment and a good foundation for them to grow in so that they can blossom and, you know, be able to go out in the world when, when it's time for them to do so. So I, I would love to hear, like, how did you guys get yourselves to actually sit down and create the values? Because I know right now that there's some moms listening right now, like, I feel like I don't have time or clarity to even sit down and figure out what my values are. So like, what would you say to a mom that might be feeling that way? Yes. Yeah. So we had a, a very distinct value um, session, which was we just took a week and we wrote down and journaled all the things that we found valuable. So there was no judgment. There was no filter. It's just brain dump everything. And then you can do the activity that Mel mentioned to narrow it down. But you're right. It's tough to get started because you want to pick the right ones. And that's not the, the point. The point is to get started. And that is pick all of them, write them all down. You can Google uh, important family values and find something that you like, something that you don't like. Collect a bunch and go into collector mode first because that builds momentum and momentum can carry you to the next step. And I think also so like the busy mom, I think it's important to, first of all, if you decide that this is something that you want to do, you have to choose to commit to it. So maybe it's fi- I get up five minutes early and you know, write ten things that are important to me for a week, or maybe it, maybe you go out with um, a girlfriend for coffee once a week, um, and then that's when you want, want to do it together. I think the first thing is finding a time and sticking with it. I mean, you could put a reminder in your phone, right? That's something that a lot of people do these days to remind themselves, even if it's just five minutes, and you're going to write ten things down. Um, but at the point, like he was saying, is you have to take a step forward. You have to get started. But I think the first thing is realizing that it's going to bring a lot of value. The time invested will be worth it. And also, if you have older children, if you have teenagers or maybe even kids who just kind of will get this concept, they could certainly be a part of it. 
you can make this like a dinner time activity. So for the next week, we're all going to write down or talk about, um, maybe mom can record it on a piece of paper, what kind of things we as a family find important. So you could even involve them in the process because that would, I think that allows for a lot more buy-in, especially if you have older kids that might be more resistant. Yeah, no, I like that. So I guess I, so let's say you have your values, but what, why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the routines and the, the rhythms that you have that help you to maintain those values in your family because it has to be a day-to-day practice right like it's not like you have the values and then sometimes you teach them sometimes you don't like tell me about like what your day-to-day routine is that helps you guys I don't know stay in those values and to continue to teach them to your children well, the way we first started this was I, I love visuals. So I made a little like bookmark sized piece of paper for everybody in the family with the values written down. And we kept one on the kitchen table. And then if the kids wanted to take one in their book or, you know, I, I taped it in my desk or something like that. So it was visually there all the time. Now the kids all have them memorized. So we still have it on the wall, but it's not as necessary. But I think initially having it written down as like a visual reminder is really powerful. And, yeah, the Mel's created some routines for the kids that help it, help them reinforce it. So an example would be the morning routine. The kids get up, we give them a minimum effective dose of exercise. The point isn't to like have them train for a while. It's like build the habit of exercise. So it's five minutes. And then, so they get up, they do a couple push-ups, they do a couple squats, they do a couple planks, and then they come upstairs and that gets them from that mode of like, oh, I'm so tired upstairs to like, hey, like they've done something before they even come in. So it helps build their confidence but it's also that personal growth value. So every day starts with personal growth through a very small thing. The older two, we decide on the routine. They got to decide too during a family meeting. Now the younger one came up with his routine. He's five. He goes in there and he does like 30 squats and kids have great mobility. I'm super jealous of that age. And he comes up with a win already for the day. And then they do their contribution to the family where they'll come up and they'll have a chore. It's either unload the dishwasher or prepare for the morning shakes and help Mel prep the lunches, but they, they start the day with growth and contribution already. And then they actually do a journal and they have to write down three goals for the day. And one, you know, again, with the personal growth, that's another way to kind of continue working on that goal. Um, Earlier, I mentioned every day when we have our family dinner, we share a piece of gratitude and gratitude is one of our values. Um, On the weekends, we always try to plan something adventurous. So something outside, I mean, where we live, it's pretty easy to do that, but we still have to make that conscious decision to go get in the car, drive a couple miles and hike. And that's, that embodies wanting to be together and being adventurous, which are two of our values. So there's certain things that are very routine. Even um, in our family meeting, we start out by each of us saying how we embodied a value. So we've kind of worked it into almost every aspect of the day. And, and also, um, I lost my train of thought, but we, we work it in and we even try to include the littlest ones. I think that's really important too. Like with the gratitude, the little one will go around and like poke each of us or give a, you know, give us some kind of signal that it's our turn to share. And it's he, if, if we forget to do it, or if we haven't done it yet during the first part of dinner, he's like, isn't it time now to do gratitude? So he's <laughs> there already. It's soaking in because like you mentioned, it has to be a daily effort. And I think I like how you work, use the word rhythm. And I hadn't thought of that before. 
But there's other ways with like accountability that it's not just, hey, I did something wrong. I need to be accountable for it. It's also for their day-to-day activities. You get X number of tech times, like three, 15 minutes uh, is mostly our protocol. And they're accountable for marking it down in the sheet. I'm not going to lead, manage, and hold them accountable with something that they can do or when they, Hey, I'm bored. Well, you know, that sounds like a you problem. How do you, how do you want to solve that? And like, we have a board board where they can go to and and find something to do. Uh, so they're accountable for their, not only like when there's trouble, but also for their daily responsibilities. Right. I love this example. It's really simple, but I think a lot of moms will relate. Um, my five-year-old can't always open his water bottle and he wanted to a refill and he's like, I need water. And I'm like, okay, well, how can you be accountable and solve that problem? And he's like, well, I guess I can ask someone to open it. And then he has figured out how to refill it in our little ice maker uh, water thing. But just trying to get him thinking about what he can do to solve his own problem and not just relying on us to do everything for him. Because I know as a, as a mom, my one of the things I've had to work on is not just doing everything for them. So that value of being accountable has helped me as an adult, because we, we are changing also as we're living by these values to help the, so I've been trying to help them be able to solve their own problems and be accountable for their own decisions more, more so than just relying on me, even though sometimes that's easier because it, there's less spills <laughs> if I do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, you know, teaching our children to be independent is an insanely important and useful skill set for them because I can't tell you how many, um, how do I word this? There's lots and lots of, of younger people that are coming out into the world, getting married that have no skill set in that. And they don't know how to load the dishwasher. They don't know how to do manage their money. They don't know how to you know, take care of themselves pretty much because they've, they've been enabled by having someone else do it for them or, you know, parents weren't around and it's really, it really is a problem. It's causing a lot of issues in marriages and, uh, you know, having other children and depression and things like that. So I think that, you know, you teaching them how to be independent and accountable for their own, own things of like, well, Hey, you made a mess. Like you need to clean this up. Hey, you need help with something. You can either ask or you can figure it out is a very good mindset because that's honestly how the world really is when they get out in it. They don't, they're not going to have someone there holding their hand the first job that they get or the, you know, the first relationship that they get in. You nailed it when you mentioned briefly the the depression aspect, even of themselves. So not only will their employer or their potential spouse, like I have a great time trying to teach them everything. If they're going out there, not independent, but how they view themselves. If you work somewhere and you show up and you have no idea what to do, like you would start to question yourself and your self-confidence would be hurt. And you have a generation, and this is from from studies that are, aren't quite sure what their role is or what their value is to society because they don't have that independent nature taught into them and they, they suffer because of it. And so, yes, like it helps us that they know how to do these things, but it helps them too to have some self-worth and understand that they are very valuable and they are a big asset to the world and not just someone that's going to go out and, and take. Right. And I like to tell my kids, you know, you're not going to just wake up one day and know how to do this. You know, you're not going to wake up when you're 18 or 20 or 21 and just know how to do dishes and just know how to cook food. Um, so I think that that's one of our perspectives. And I always say that to them because I want them to see that they can take the onus and learn these things now, and it will help them later. We don't try to, we try to see it as like you said, gaining skills, 
not like, oh, you have to wash the dishes. You know, it's more like you get to, and you get to learn a skill that will serve you when you're older. Even though I don't always want to think about my kids being older, I want them to stay little I know. forever. But <laughs> I, know. I know it's so hard to see him grow. Like I, my son literally just had his like kindergarten graduation and it's like, just like, oh my gosh, like you're getting so big already. So yeah, it is definitely hard. Um, but like, like how important it is. Um, I'd love to hear real quick about your, you said you had like chart systems. That is another form of organization. Um, I'd love to hear, like you said, you have a board board. I love that. Like, tell me a little bit about your system in that area. Sure. Well, it's partly my personality. I love charts. I love visuals and I love laminating things. So <laughs> Joe specifically mentioned for tech time, this is like an ever evolving thing that we're dealing with, with our older two, especially. Um, but we decided to start a chart that gives them three 15 minute segments and they're not on social media, but they, you know, watch videos or learn things or listen to podcasts and they have to check it off with a little dry erase marker as they use it. And then the little one got jealous. So we added some boxes for him too, because he wanted to be accountable. He he liked seeing that. And there is some kind of, there's a good feeling you get when you can like cross something off your to-do. There's like a, there's a good accountability feeling there. So that's one way that we use charting. Um, in the past, we've done it with tasks in the home and chores. And as the kids gotten older, they haven't needed that as much, but I actually used to have a little magnet board and a little magnet for each of their tasks. And they would just move it over from to do to done. And just that motion helped them to feel like they were contributing and were responsible. Um, other charts I've kind of come up with over time. So we used to have like a thinking spot where that was where they would go for their timeout, so to speak. And I always wanted them to have a visual of what was happening and what they could do to make it better. Um, what other visuals do we have? Whenever we talk about something, there's a chart that night. There is. Laminated. <laughs> like, I'm going to update this chart and go get it. I'm going to do this because it's true. I think it's really valuable. And sometimes, you know, I like to be organized. I don't like all the charts on the kitchen table, but that's where the kids will see it. We even have visuals of our, um, one of our steps of the path is goal setting. And we sat down and do this little drawing session where we all draw on a piece of paper individually things we want to accomplish within the next year. And we did this in January, but you could really do it anytime. So it's always up above the window in the kitchen. So every week we set a little mini commitment that gets us a little closer to that goal. So we like peek up at it. We, so we can remember what we had decided to work towards and we move forward a little bit with it. Wow. Well, I have to say that uh, one, I'm going to go make a chart and go get it laminated today. I'm just sorry. <laughs> Very satisfying. Doesn't matter like, what you know what? We're just going to do that. That sounds really fun. And I'm going to try it. <laughs> it's really, there's these little self self laminating sheets. And that's what I buy. Cause you don't have to buy a whole laminator machine. It's just these little individual sheets. So that's oh, my interesting. <laughs> oh, I'll have to look into that, but yeah. And two, like I just, you guys have really built like a solid uh, system for your family, you know, and you can tell that when you, you know, I, I find myself being like, okay, like, what can I do? And which is, you know, why we're having you on here. I'd love to learn from you. But like, there are so many things you guys have locked in and ways to implement them. I, I love how you have your values and also how you apply them. You know, that is, you know, if you have the values, that's one thing, but learning how to apply them takes practice and it takes trial and error. And, um, you know, I just, you guys are doing a great job. I just, I love what you're doing. 
really appreciate I, that. Yeah, it's appreciate a work in progress. Yeah. It is. And I, I think it can be overwhelming. You hear like seven, seven elements of this path or whatever, but we've done this over the last 13 years is how we've come up with it. So it's always easier when you've been doing it for a while. And if there's someone out there who's feeling overwhelmed by it, we recommend just start with one thing. Maybe you can make a tweak to your morning routine. Maybe you can start working on your values. So just start somewhere and take a step forward. Cause I know sometimes for me, I would just paralyze, I'd be paralyzed because there's too much. So I, I would just think that's the best way to do it. Just do a little something, whichever thing, you know, to move yourself forward. And I think then you get motivated. Like now that we've been doing this for a while, you know, the kids know exactly what to expect. They appreciate the routines. They enjoy them in the morning when my mom visits, she's like, there's so much noise in the kitchen, but it's like this well-run machine. Everyone just kind of knows where to go and what to do because we've practiced it for so long now. Wow. Well, and you know, I think that when people look from the outside in and look at, wow, what a tight knit system, where do I even get started? I love that you're saying like one piece at a time. And also it's a benefit that a family like yours is actually willing to share what you're doing. And I think that's, that's one of the things that's the most beneficial about the access to media right now is that we can find someone who has what we want and do what they do, you know, and obviously we have to tweak it to our own family and, you know, what works with our values and different things like that. But um, th- tell us about your podcast and and where people can find to learn more about what you're doing and how you're implementing things so they can learn these types of things from you. Yeah, we give away all the, all the steps of the path and how we do them at strongfamilyproject.com. That's our passion right now is to give away and teach it. We also have the Strong Family Project podcast. The first seven episodes are one each on each element of the path. So we dive in a little deeper. We answer people's questions. So I know we chatted on it before we came on. Right now, everything is just trying to provide value to families. So we have those two resources are our primary ones at strongfamilyproject.com where people can just get the path. And then we also give away 50 ideas of core values to even get you started. Once you download the path, there's like a little extra, here's a bonus for you as well. Oh, that's awesome. How cool. Okay. So as we are going to close out today, I'd love for you guys to share one of your favorite parts of one of your values for each of you. All right. I love to see goal setting be successful. And so we have personal growth and maybe it's from being in the fitness industry. Maybe it's from running companies, but goal setting can go wrong in a lot of different ways. We see new year's resolution season where things can be too vague or it's too long of a goal, like 12 months, a long time to commit to something. And so to be able to teach the kids how to set goals appropriately, I think is going to serve them very well for life. Like Mel said, we, we do our annual goal by drawing a picture of whatever we want to accomplish that year. She laminates them and then we hang them on the wall. And then each week during the family meeting, Hey, what's, what do you want to do for seven days to move you closer? It's not planning years and months ahead and to see them build momentum um, one example, uh, our son, Henry wanted to do a thousand pull-ups on his 11th birthday to celebrate. And so, Hey, Hey, we're here now. That's where you want to go. What do you want to do this week? Well, I want to do 10 pull-ups every morning and 10 before bed. Okay, great. Let's do that for seven days and the share to see if it worked. All right. Well, this time, this week I'm gonna hang for two minutes and then this week I'm so it's constant change, but he's still going in the direction that he wants to go. So I'm a big fan that we've kind of decoded some of this goal setting that hasn't always worked for me. And, and for a lot of people, when you're setting goals, they tend to be too abstract. Um, I think that that's really going to serve the kids. Well, what, what do you think, Mel? 
Well, I mentioned earlier that I love wanting to be together, but I'll pick a different one for this. So I love having gratitude. I'm a big proponent of finding silver linings to the point where my kids will sometimes roll their eyes because there'll be some kind of a <laughs> negative thing that happened or something that they didn't appreciate. And I'll say, well, can we find something positive about it? You know, there's this person that's really annoying you. Well, maybe you liked their shirt that they wore that day, <laughs> like their hairstyle or something positive to, to gain from every situation I think is really powerful. Um, so that's, I love having gratitude because I'd really try to pull good silver linings from everything. Oh, that's excellent. Awesome. Well, Mel, Joe, thank you so much for sharing your, your tips, your tricks and how you guys are running your family. We absolutely love when, uh, you know, families like yourself come in and teach us because there's so much power in a family working together towards something. So thank you so much for sharing what you're doing. And um, ladies, I would just like to encourage you to go check out their website, download the path, uh, you know, check out their podcast. Their website is strongfamilyproject.com and then Strong Family Project Podcast. And let's let's go learn how to create some values. This is a very powerful piece of how to run um, our family. So again, Mel and Joe, thank you so much for sharing with us today. And ladies, I hope you have found something that you can apply to your life and start moving forward. Just that one thing to start uh, building your family the way that you want it to one step at a time. And I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next Tuesday on the Mom Training Podcast. Hey mama, thank you so much for hanging out with me and letting me be a part of your day. If you'd like to see how I apply some things that we talk about, tips, some mom humor, or just to connect deeper. Follow me on Instagram at Diana Ballard live. If this episode or any episode was helpful for you, please consider leaving me a review on Apple podcasts. It's literally the lifeblood for a podcaster and it helps me so much. If you'd like to learn more about me or mom training and how we can help you implement more things you learn here on the mom training podcast to make life flow smoother, to be more fulfilled and create and protect what you love, head to dianaballard.com. There are free downloads, online programs, our mom training membership with our monthly workshops and other resources to help you create the life you want. Thanks for tuning in. Know I'm always rooting for you and believe in you. I am Diana Ballard and this is the Mom Training Podcast.